Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, everyone. I'm your co-host, Ralph Velasco, and I'm coming to you from my hometown of Chicago, USA. Unfortunately, because of timing issues, Ugo isn't going to be able to join us today. But joining me is my very good friend and today's special guest, Pete Rag. Pete and I met on my Vietnam North to South trip a few years ago when he joined as a participant. We became fast friends, and when I was able to spend some time with Pete on the trip, I came to admire his advanced travel photography skills. His black and white images of Vietnam are really stellar, and you can see that work along with other images at mrrag.com slash photography, and we'll put a link to this in the show notes, of course. As I learned more about him during and after the trip, I found out that Pete was Uh, a highly creative person, and not only good at travel photography, but amazingly good at video. Pete is an experienced video editor based in England. He's expert at both creating raw footage and turning it into great visual stories. He's so good that I invited Pete to join my scouting trip to Bulgaria last year, where he played the fly on the wall and captured all kinds of amazing footage for me. I was looking for someone to document the behind the scenes part of the trip, as well as help me to capture great footage for both the photography tips I wanted to capture and some other ideas that Pete and I had been discussing. Ugo and I talked about that scouting trip to Bulgaria back in episode 100, so you can check it out there. But Pete also brought along his drone, and we had some serious fun with that. And he captured some high-quality footage that we'll include here. Welcome to the show, Pete. How are you, my friend? Hi, Ralph. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, I'm very well, thank you. I'm uh, dodging the weather here in North Devon in the UK. Um, But, uh, yeah, all good, thank you. Wonderful. Well, hopefully we're all kind of moving into spring, at least in the Northern Hemisphere. Kind of the same thing here in Chicago. It's a little bit gray and dreary, but I can uh, smell spring right around the corner yeah i would like to think so too but uh it's very changeable at the moment here and um no no day surprises me it's uh it's uh it's constantly on the move sounds like chicago if you don't like the weather wait a few minutes (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely well as you know this is a podcast about travel photography But because I find myself capturing more and more video during my scouting and group trips, I thought it'd be appropriate to have you on to discuss how our listeners can capture more and better video of their travels. Video is so important nowadays that I can't imagine doing a scouting trip or leading a group trip and not making it a point to get some great video along the way. First of all, tell us a little bit about your background, Pete especially how you got started as a professional videographer and editor. So, uh, yeah, so I'm a video producer in the corporate world, essentially large and small. Um, 
as I say, I'm based in the UK, North Devon. Um, I work an awful lot in sort of event videography. So um, corporate events, I do a lot of pre-production um, work for, let's say, opening videos, uh, factual videos, training. Um, I will spend uh, an entire event on site uh, at one of these events and I'll be documenting um, everything as it happens. And then in the background, while people are enjoying themselves or sleeping, um, I'll be editing together a, a film to, to kind of highlight and close the event. That's, um, that uh, occupies a lot of my time. Um, I, um, I also um, run, a, well, my wife and I have a, a wedding company as well, a wedding film company. So alongside the corporate work, we, um, we also produce wedding films, um, which is a, it's, it's, it's nice to have that variety. We, um, we kind of decided we wanted to embark upon that as a, um, let's say a, a different line of creativity for our, for both of our video and photography skills to exercise them in a slightly different way. And, and that variety is refreshing. So, um, so that's fun. Um, I mean, I got where it all started, I guess, was um, I did in the UK what's called an art foundation course um, where I had uh, I was exposed to sculpture, fine art, textiles, photography at the time, desktop publishing. Um, I had a bit of a, a taste of each of these and then I, I, I kept sort of um, focusing on technology in a way. I really enjoyed um the technology and the the processes behind video and photography and and the technical aspect of it um so i then focused that skill into another course which was more video production uh focused and um that began a two-year course where i i literally immersed myself in producing videos on tape-to-tape -tape machines so very different to what we do today. Um, and that led into working small time for small production companies. Um, I initially started, to be honest, working for nothing um, for a small production company where I was just running around helping do this, do that, um, just getting exposed to stuff, getting involved. Um, and then the, the skills developed from there. And here we are. Here we are. <laughs> uh, so tell us why you think it's important for people to capture video during their travels, you know, in addition to their photography. Um, well, I mean, I think it's, I mean, it's obviously not for everyone to, to want to, uh, let's say, spread their attention across video and photography they might want to be just focusing on their stills capturing their stills for me i'm very much multimedia um i take it from a multimedia approach i, I like to complement the two i think to have a nice portfolio of stills but also to be able to capture atmospheres and moods and motion and um there's an awful lot that you can do uh, with video, considering that you're not just grabbing a slice, a 250th of a second, you've got you've got moments that you can capture. Um, 
and I, I, I think you can you can get perspectives of things slightly differently with the sound and the motion, the interactions of people, and it helps to to build that fabric of an interesting story. So I think it's I think one complements the other, and I think they're both equally important. And a lot of the work that I do is um, includes both video and stills, and and it's all brought to life in order to tell that story as as effectively as possible. Um, and I think with with technology and and we've pretty much all got smartphones of some description. It's it's so accessible to everybody these days. Um, it's it's almost like you say yourself, Ralph. It's almost um, second nature to to go on a trip now and 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 capture video. Yeah, and uh, you alluded to the fact that it's it, it, with a lot of people, it's kind of one or the other because it's a very different mindset when it comes to photographing at 250th of a second or thinking about B-roll and behind the scenes and uh, you know selfie videos and things like that mm. and and that is difficult to kind of bridge but uh, I, it's just like any other skill though I find myself getting better and better at it and being able to think more in both realms and being able to yeah. you know say okay this is a moment you know maybe I'll capture some quick shots but I'm also yeah. going to break out my iPhone perhaps pop the iRig microphone into my phone and onto the person that I might be interviewing or talking to and capturing that as well while I'm right there yeah it's nice if you have the luxury of of um of something that there's an occasion, there's a moment that's going to last so that you can have the mindset to frame it up as a still and then park that for a moment and drift off and grab some video. Um, I think you've got to be fairly well practiced at that to be able to switch from one to the other, as you say. And I've been doing that for some time. I'm not perfect at it either, but I keep exercising it. And um, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But actually, as you say, it is a different mindset. Um, and if you can practice that switching from one to the other, if you have the luxury of time, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's quite, it's quite refreshing. It's quite fun as well. Uh, it's quite fun to do. Yeah. And I think that, uh, sometimes we give ourselves an excuse that, you know, well, I got to do one or the other because yeah, it is a mindset. And so I'm just going to do one or the other, but if we force ourselves to, kind of think in these two realms. I mean, we, we all can multitask and we can all do both, but it just comes with doing and doing it more and more. And like any skill, it will become more a part of you and more intuitive as we move along. So in talking about this, you know, what is the minimum amount of gear that someone really needs to get great video these days? uh it's amazing really um as i sort of suggested earlier most modern uh smartphones or all modern smartphones will capture good video um at what point you start analyzing it to say well this is great video or this is good video it doesn't really matter because you're, you're able to document moments and and time with a with a good mobile phone these days um 
So, for example, a couple of personal sort of little projects that I've done, which were which are very very short sizzles, I would call them. One from Vietnam, uh, which you'll know about, Ralph, is um, something that I shot alongside shooting stills. It was exclusively shot on a, an iPhone, uh, probably an iPhone six or something, uh, and it was almost exclusively edited on the iPhone as well. Um, so uh, uh, an awful lot can be done with with an iPhone or a smartphone of similar kind of makeup. Um, but then there's an awful lot of really cool accessories that you can get to, to help um, achieve different looks, different techniques, capture slightly um, better angles of this or... Um, or, or illuminate scenes or different lens adapters. There's, there's all sorts of things that you can, you can have literally in the palm of your hand, which will give you, you know, a mini film, filmic kind of uh, tool set. Yeah. And we'll put a link to that uh, Vietnam that you made in vid in uh, the, the video that you made in Vietnam. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's absolutely wonderful. And it really shows your style uh, for that particular video, at least you, you're cutting very quickly, but it really told a story, and I I was super impressed with it. And it was uh, just to to see what you could do on a smartphone, both mm. capturing the video and and uh, doing the editing. Uh, really impressive. Uh, how important is it to get quality sound when it comes to video? obviously um there's an element of of what you're delivering and and how serious or how important the sound is for that um quality sound capturing any sound is important um and as best quality as possible um it always helps tell the story in many respects it's more important than the visuals um if it's an interview piece where you're trying to do a piece to camera to explain where you are, what you're doing there, what you're experiencing, then you do need to have some form of either a boom mic or a, a Lavellia mic that you can capture a good quality audio feed, even if it is just going into a smartphone. Um, if you are just trying to get ambient sound to, to complement, uh, again, going back to the Vietnam video, just the sound of traffic and hustle and bustle and people and general ambience. Um, that was all captured without any additional uh, kit on that iPhone. Um, and it, it, it wouldn't stand up to um, an audio files critique, but in order to, to piece together the story and help sell it and sell the feeling of being there, um, you, you can do it with very little kit. Um, but it is always very important to have something. Um, never neglect the audio. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's key to, to selling the story. Yeah, and I think there's an old adage that people will put up with uh, sub-quality video more than they will sub-quality mm. audio. And um, yeah. I, I captured a lot of video, and I have for years on my trips. I never knew it exactly what I was going to use it for, but I'm glad that over the years I've captured this video. And for most of that time, it was with just the iPhone's built-in microphone. 
And so, mm-hmm. of course, there's wind noise and you can hear my hand shuffling and things like that. It's just terrible. However, some of that can be saved if, uh, you know, using voiceovers, uh, music, using it, you know, just the video for the background, that kind of thing. So I think there's some ways to, to you know, to kind of still bring back the value of that video, but the sound, I don't think I'll ever be able to get back. <laughs> yeah, I think um, it's possible that there's going to be a lot of uh, ambience and, um, and uh, even sound effects in, in there that you will use, and it will help sell that shot, but it might be that, you will record, as you say, a voiceover. There might be some accompanying music. You might have sound effects and ambience that you will add to it, um, and then pull little elements of that out. And it and it it just creates a a real nice bed of audio. And then, as you say, the visuals the visuals can be going on a completely different sort of route, if you like, um, and then they they gel together with all of these effects that, that, that hold the whole piece together. Um, so it is way more important to have a good audio um, feed um, and then uh, you can tell the visual story as a separate piece. You know, one of the best purchases that I made for under $70 over the last couple of years was a, an iRig lab microphone. And it simply plugs into my iPhone it's got a little clip that goes onto my chest or, you know, t- uh, you know, can clip it onto someone that you're interviewing. It's even got a dual uh, where I can have two microphones. So if I'm talking and speaking to someone else, we're both on mic. And for about $70 US, I think that's a great investment. And the quality of the sound in my videos has just skyrocketed. So I think yeah, that's pretty essential, and it fits right in your pocket. Yeah, I have something similar um, by a company called Rode, who make high-end mics of well, all level of mics actually. They do um, what's called a smart lav, and that is essentially the same bit of kit, mm-hmm. um, a Lavalier mic that will record directly into its own dedicated app, but it can also uh, record into. Um, a good app recommendation here for smartphone users is uh, Filmic Pro. It's um, it's a more advanced set of um, well, it's a more advanced filming video camera tool for or app, I should say, for for a smartphone. And one of those Lavalier mics would feed directly into that. Um, so, so the app they, is is a way to get more out of your iPhone or your smartphone's video. It, yeah, I mean, it, it, it just, it, it kind of harnesses, uh, it's exactly that, Ralph, yeah, I mean, it harnesses the power of, of what you've got in your hand and just adds a few more, fun- bit more functionality to it. It lets you have a little more manual control over things, so you can kind of set your own ISOs and change your shutter speeds and uh, play around with where the focus point is independently of exposure um, metering and things like that so you can film in different aspect ratios i think um, but there's certainly a lot more functionality in there um it's, it's all there certainly i can speak from an iphone's perspective i have one that the power's in there just sometimes you need a third party app to be able to really harness it rather than the kind of um i hasten to say the kind of dumbed down version you get with the the, the default Apple camera app, 
you get a bit more functionality. Yeah. Um, but if you if you couple that with let's say um, the smart lab or Rode do another um, uh, clip on mic for the iPhone, um, and then perhaps um, one of these little lightweight gimbals you can get, you have a really powerful tool set, um, and it can all it'll all pop in a little knapsack, and it's, you know you, you you've, you've got a very um, very capable ca- um, kit of camera gear there. Yeah, you know, and uh, bringing it back to Bulgaria, I was, I really enjoyed watching you work and you were, you know, fantastic to work with because, like I said, you were just this fly on the wall. You were just always there, ready to get the shots. So we, um, I often would say, you know, hey, Pete, let's do something here. I've got an idea for a quick photo tip I'd like to, to uh, capture. Mm-hmm. And, we actually bounced around quite a bit between sort of ideas that we had for the usage of the video because I wanted to capture video you know, of photography tips, uh, wanted to capture behind the scenes of a scouting trip, and we also wanted to do promos for my company, Photo Enrichment Adventures, but also the tour organizer training. So we had these four kind of distinct areas that we were thinking about videotaping and we were able to jump back and forth between them very quickly. And I'm sure a lot of that had to do with the fact that you were working with a very small kit and, uh, you know, you didn't have to really worry too much about changing out lenses and, you know, running back to Mm -hmm. the truck and getting cables and all this kind of stuff. Um, but one thing, uh, speaking about small, is you brought your DJI Mavic Pro drone with you. And we had some real fun with that. I own one. I've hardly gotten it out of the box to work with it. I hope to do that this summer. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> uh, what was your experience working with the drone in Bulgaria? Um, I think it was a great deal of fun. Um uh, on top of everything I was everything we were seeing and experiencing being brand new to me anyway it was it was adding that extra perspective so even even in a, a familiar territory part of the world putting a drone in the sky and seeing it from a bird's eye perspective is 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 great it's 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 fun it's liberating it's you can come up with some great uh, new angles and whether it's stills or video um you can almost see something that from a perspective that nobody else has done um doing that in bulgaria was a step above that really because it, it was all new um i suppose uh what i would say is before i went before we went i did look into um laws in bulgaria with relation to to flying drones and luckily there there is very little in the way of um what is and what isn't allowed um we obviously had um uh, a guide with us who was who was who was able to help us work out and certainly who to speak to with regards to um gaining permission or just making sure that we weren't going to upset anybody by flying and i think that's really important it's 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 hugely important to know where you're going and being prepared uh, with regards to um, 
you know, are you able to be there? Are you going to upset anybody or cause any trouble? Because that's obviously um, not something we'd want to do. But it was great fun. Yeah, and uh, I'll we'll add uh, a couple clips here from that trip. But uh, we did a couple reveal shots. So for those people who aren't familiar with a reveal, it sort of starts out zoomed in on, uh, in this case, me or us. And then the the drone just kind of pulls back and reveals the overall scene that, uh, you know, the person or people are are in. And it's it can be super dramatic. But when I think about, what, maybe five or seven years ago, uh, a shot like that, you know, you would have had to hire helicopters and yeah. uh, it would have cost you $50,000 or more, right? Yeah, absolutely. And when we were at the... Buzz Ludger, I can still say it, um, <laughs> monument. Um, it was very windy, and yeah. we were we were we were very much on the um, on the limits of what that drain was capable of. Uh, and you know, obviously, we wouldn't want to lose it, um, but it it was worth it was worth doing. Um, but it's being aware of of what your drain's capable of, knowing it inside out, knowing how you're going to deal with anything unexpected. A gust of wind, a, a a shortened battery life because the wind was strong, um, a loss of communication. It's it's just being prepared and having a really good understanding of of the drone itself in order to be able to think quickly on your feet. Um, so not only to get the shot, but to potentially get yourself out of trouble if something does happen unexpectedly. Um, and the other thing with um, the other reveal shot that we did, Ralph, in now I don't remember the name of the place, but there was the reveal where you presented to camera, um, and it was it, it worked really well. We did about three takes of it. There was, and this was a schoolboy error on my part, um, recording the audio um, of you speaking to camera. It actually was also obviously but didn't seem obvious at the time picking up the the sound of the drone so there was a little bit of post-production work on that to try and uh, disguise the sound of the drone um but you uh, you live and learn i'm learning every day and i certainly won't remember that one i won't forget that one yeah that was in uh, velika tornova and uh That's that, that was fun and i'll uh, also we'll put that in the show notes as well but yeah, I'm just so impressed with what you can do with this $1,000 drone in, you know, like 15 minutes compared to what it would have taken just five or seven years ago. And uh, we also, uh, I remember you having an issue with the wind on the Black Sea uh, when we were at uh, our hotels, remember? And you almost lost the drone? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think a lot of lessons on my part were learned. Um, it, it we again flying it on the limits of its capability and um i think in doing that i've certainly as i say i've learned a lot about what it can and can't do and, and when's a good idea to put it in the sky um i'm certainly a little more cautious uh, but looking back on that it was it was one of those unexpected things where i'd i'd flown it to a certain point just over the sea in order to get a try and get a shot but it was pretty much flying at 45 degrees against the wind and then a gust just literally just brought it inland 
and I couldn't get it back to me. So I had to start thinking whilst panicking, um, uh, what's the best way of, of getting this safely on the ground? Um, unfortunately I did that and it was just, it was just a, a slower process that I would have liked. Um, but yeah, it, I think, um, whenever you go in anywhere with, with a drone, um, obviously common sense with a good understanding of the weather conditions, um, a good understanding of whether you need permission to be wherever you, you're going to fly. Um, uh, in your gear. Knowing your gear, um, you have to remember. I mean, the moment the moment that vehicle takes off, you are essentially piloting a vehicle in what could be a controlled airspace, and there's huge responsibility attached to that. Huge responsibility. So it does sound dramatic, but um, I think it's sensible to keep that in your mind um, and just be really aware of of your surroundings and. Um, and you know the possibility of, of of what could go wrong. So back to uh, some tips for people that are looking to create high quality video. Uh, is I've got to think that a lot of it comes back to uh, sort of crosses over with photography and and what I teach with travel photography, and that's coming back with a variety of images looking for that overall establishing shot, then looking for medium and detail shots, different angles, yeah. perspectives. Uh, what else can you add to that for you know helping people that just have an iPhone and maybe uh, a lavalier mic that are looking to capture mm-hmm. some video of their travels? So one specific thing I would say for smartphone users is to be a hundred percent sure on the orientation of your camera, um, your device. Um, so for me, it's really obvious to hold a smartphone horizontally and film video footage horizontally to, because that's the way I want to deliver that. Um, there are an awful lot of people, um, producing really interesting and creative, um, portraiture video um, that you would see in Instagram stories, Facebook stories, that type of thing. And, and a lot of people naturally pull out their phone and, and film vertically or in portrait, you could say. So just being aware of how you intend to deliver this would would be a good idea to think carefully of that before you start filming anything on a smartphone. Um, with any camera, I would just say, the way I approach it is as a kind of fly on the wall approach is just to try and be discreet. If you're looking for a candid natural moment, then just try and not be there. Try and be as invisible as you can and just be as discreet as you can with flip out monitors and um, small cameras as we've got these days. Going back to what you said about the gear I took to Bulgaria, um, I am a real gearhead and I kick myself for being a gearhead, but I do realize that there are times when, um, it gets in the way and just having a basic setup, which I'm not constantly digging around for lenses, digging around for a different mic, trying to put it on a different monopod, tripod, gimbal, 
whatever it may be, um, having just a camera with a good uh, mic or one or two options is is more productive, uh, less fumbling, more focus on what I'm trying to do, and um, less shots missed or let, less moments missed. Um, and in order to be um, discreet, you have to do that with a kind of smaller footprint, as it were. Um, always look for unusual angles, perspectives. As you say, it's great to have a good variety of content. So some good establishing shots, wide shots, some some mediums, some big tight close-ups, some detail. Um, I, th- I kind of edit in my head as I'm going along. I will be thinking about how am I going to piece that together? Will that cut between that shot and that shot? Probably not. I need something to go in between. So let's go film it. And I'll literally grab two or three shots. Um, they may never get used, but at least I know I've got something in the bag to help me out of this, what could be a problem. Um, that comes, I guess, from an editor's perspective, it comes from experience, just knowing how you're going to piece something together. But um, if you don't have that kind of experience yet, then just grabbing a nice variety of shots from interesting angles, looking for nice light, um, and then going back to what we were talking about earlier is just remember your audio. Um, remember that that these visuals might might create a nice montage visually, but you might want to separately record some audio that's continuous. And it might be that you're pointing your phone or camera at the ground while you just get a nice audio feed from. Uh, it could be a, a wet market in Vietnam where you just want natural ambient sound, but you don't you don't need a five second slip. You need like three minutes of it, solid, continuous. Grab that, and then that could be your audio bed for your entire montage of imagery that you're going to go and capture from around said location. Um, yeah, I think I think that's basically it. Really, that's the mindset I normally go into these things. Um, yeah. I think, uh, and it, we should make it clear that obviously during the the Bulgaria shoot where I hired you to come on this trip and be that fly on the wall, you were doing very little, if any, with the iPhone. I mean, you had your what yeah. your Lumix gear with you, so definitely an upgrade. Yeah. Tell us yeah. a little bit yes. about the, that that kit. Okay, so um, yeah, absolutely, Bulgaria. Um, maybe a handful of shots on the iPhone just for my own personal kind of social media. Um, but the bulk of that work obviously being hired on a professional basis was with a, a more, a, uh, a more focused professional camera. Um, particularly on that occasion was a Lumix GH5, which is an incredibly powerful camera, um, for its size, um, and affordability really uh it 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 can produce it can certainly um play in the same arena as as cameras three four five times its price um if if properly used what's great about it is um obviously it's it's compactness it's portability um it's it has image stabilization built into the camera so for run and gun as i would refer to it when i'm running ahead of you, behind you, all over the place, trying to just be mobile and be nimble and, and try and think ahead of the moment. Um, having a tripod or a monopod 
isn't going to work. Monopod you could get away with, but um, it's even better if you can avoid. And having a camera strap on it and finding impromptu um, uh, items that you can lean against, prop yourself up against, um, and with the added feature of that stabilization, it's it's very powerful combination. Um, and yeah, pretty much throughout the um, the duration of that trip, I shot with one lens, which was a, uh, a Lumix 12 to 35. It's a very highly regarded lens, um, very popular. It is the equivalent in the full frame world of uh, 24 to 70. It is, um, yeah, it's very flexible. I did have a couple of prime lenses for any extreme low light um, situations, but I don't think we ever used them. I think everything was manageable with that kit. So it was really lightweight. So you had alluded to uh, some stability options and one was about the camera strap and just to briefly talk about that, I think you're talking about taking the camera and sort of pulling it away from your body so that that camera strap acts as a stabilizer, uh, mm. especially in low light conditions. And uh, you can do that with photography, of course, when you start to see your yeah. shutter speed get real slow, you, that's yeah. you know, lean up against something, pull that camera strap out, and it's kind of like a poor man's tripod, right? It is exactly that. It's it's like an inverted tripod um, approach. It works really well because it it's um, it, it's all it's it's kind of similar to having the three points of contact where you you're having up to your eye as well. That can often help stabilize rather than just cradling the camera um, between your hands. If you put it to your eye, you're adding an extra point of contact that helps stabilize your shot whether this is video or stills, um, uh, extending it out uh, and pulling tension on the uh, camera strap does a similar kind of thing. Uh, I can think of a few occasions when that was helpful to me. Um, I, I possibly would have used a monopod if I'd have had one, but to be honest, it, it probably would have got in the way more than helped um, on this occasion. Um and it, and it certainly wasn't the type of shoot, in my opinion, day to day anyway, um, that was that would have suited tripod kind of work. Possibly there could have been. The, the, I mean, there were. We did a couple of time lapses and things like that that obviously will require that. But um, for the day to day running, flying the wall, being being ahead of you, being in the moment, ready, um, just a small camera. Uh, good mic and um, uh, a, 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 a sort of uh, dynamic kind of focal length, if you understand what I mean, um, is going to be the best bit of kit you can you can take. Yeah, and I appreciated the fact that you were that fly on the wall that you gave me direction. You said, you know, because it's you know, you say you're sort of imagining the the final clip in your head and you know what might transition and if something's missing you'd say hey ralph let's get a close-up shot here or let me get a shot from behind you talking to this person uh different angle uh i think that's an incredible skill that you have and uh seems like something that could be learned and gained over time with experience right definitely it's um 
it, it, it isn't um, it, it's definitely something that you will pick up the more you do it um, it's just I guess through watching a lot of content it's also through understanding what you are going to deliver so in in this case it was I had a good I feel like a pretty good understanding of what you needed and so I was able to and I, as the as the weeks went on Ralph we we, we got better at it um, we got more efficient at it and so um, it, it's just thinking about in your head how you how you want to deliver this um, uh, and is that going to be a interesting is it going to work visually how the shots complement one another and will it tell the story along with the dialogue um, yeah so it's just literally editing editing this piece in your head as you go along um, and I think it was extremely important too that you and I had a long discussion over the months before the trip of what mm. I was looking for in the final results as well as uh, you know, I, I wanted your input, your professional input, and, uh, you know, I trusted you. And so I think for anyone that may be hiring uh, someone like yourself, that it's extremely important to have that dialogue before you, you know, you hire this person so that they have a complete understanding of what you're looking for, what result, and then they can give you good input. Yeah. Um, Knowing the subject matter, having having the conversations, making sure you see eye to eye, or or at least you're both on the same page. So where you literally you can hit the ground running and start producing stuff. Um, and also, um, I like to be able to. And this this isn't for everybody, but I I happen to be a cameraman and an editor. Um, and so I like to be turning things around as soon as possible to gauge in this instance again from you, am I producing the kind of thing you're looking for? Are we on the right road here? And get that established early on, um, uh, which which works well if, if, if you're able to do that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's all stuff that, that you would do normally to, to tell a story whether it be a sequence of stills or uh, a short video. Yeah, and and you would be sometimes shooting during the daytime, and then that evening you would give me a clip and mm. say, is this what you're looking for? And I would yeah. give you some input, and if it wasn't, and we were going to be in the place for a period of time, which we really didn't have a lot of luxury to do that. I mean, we had two weeks, and we saw – a lot of that country and we were moving around a lot. So we didn't have a lot of uh, leeway to, you know, go back and do things over again or, you know, mm -hmm. so uh, that, that was great. But even if we didn't quite get that clip, right, you knew what I was looking for the next time we did something. And yeah. It worked out really well. Yeah. I think if it was, if it was um, location specific, then we would probably um, have spent, maybe just a, a little bit more time on making sure we covered all the angles. Um, some of the things um, that we did where you were talking about technique and as in photographic technique and how to approach a particular situation, um, we, we could have shot that sort of anywhere. Um, and so it, it actually was helpful to try it in one location and understand where perhaps we got it wrong. And then we could, 
do the same thing again the following day in a new location, perhaps a different, well, certainly a different shot, maybe even a better shot, um, and then just basically reshoot it. It's not often in my line of work that I get the chance to reshoot things. Um, so I have to, I have to be as, um, as organized and as, um, as, as able as quick thinking, I suppose is a way of putting it just to be able to, to know that I'm going to need a mul- multiple angles here. So to just grab those and know that I can build something from this. Well, in this podcast, we also like to talk uh, about destinations. And because you and I, uh, we talked a little bit about Bulgaria, but we mentioned that we had initially met on my Vietnam trip. Let's talk about it as a destination. Uh, What would you say are some of the highlights of this often misunderstood country? And what attracted you to joining that trip and wanting to go to Vietnam? So Vietnam, I'd heard it talked about so many times and, and mostly, um, mostly through other photographers. Um, what one particular thing that attracted to me, I have a bit of a morbid fascination with war photography. Um, and specifically a British photographer named Don McCullen. Um, and for a long time I've been just, gazing over work that he's done. And I suppose in the back of my head, I thought it would always be a great place for me to go. Not necessarily expecting to go to war memorials and museums, but just to to go to that part of the world and um, see it for myself. Um, And and yeah, it was an an amazing experience. And I would, yeah, uh, I would recommend it to anybody. Yeah, it was wonderful. What were some of the experiences and locations that stuck out in your mind for you? Uh, I so for me, it, it was such a culture shock. I um, I've grown up in a quiet part of the world, um, literally in the middle of nowhere, and so uh, taking myself on my own to Hanoi, and um, basically. Uh, immersing myself in in this complete change of culture um it was such a culture shock um it was amazing really it took me probably 24 hours to um to acclimatize let's say um but uh once once i was kind of into the groove as it were i could have just explored for days unfortunately we had the opportunity to do so um yeah, so so Hanoi, the just 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 seeing people living their lives on the street and in a way that is is completely different to what I was ever used to um, was fantastic and fascinating. And some of the some of the 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 places we visited in terms of historical interest um, was also a wonderful thing to experience. What was a great the adventure? Yeah, what were some of the biggest misconceptions you had, if any, about Vietnam before you arrived, and what you, you know what you encountered when you got there? Uh, I don't think I had any real misconceptions. I suppose, I suppose there's always that um, possible element of negativity towards um, myself, perhaps traveling within a group you don't know for 
Um, in Vietnam, it, it's called the American War, and obviously for Americans, it's called the Vietnam War, and, and that's always in the back of my mind. Is there going to be some sort of friction there with someone? I don't know. I didn't know what it would be like, but it was couldn't have been further from the truth. It was the most welcoming and friendly, uh, pleasant atmosphere of, uh, albeit crazy busy and um, uh, and su- such a. It, I mean, never went to sleep. But uh, other than that, you know, there wasn't anything real. There were there weren't any negative misconceptions that I had. Um, it was a wonderful place. Great. So as we wind things down, uh, you have any final advice for our listeners who are looking to travel? and photograph or shoot video in Vietnam or anywhere else in the world for that matter? Travel light. Um, just travel light and know the, know the gear that you've got with you. Have good muscle memory so that you can react. And you can get the best out of it. Um, it it's, really, it's really not important to, to be changing cameras to the most new modern thing just before you go on a, an adventure like this, you need to have something that you're really familiar with and that you know that you can, you can uh, rely on. Um, immerse yourself in it. Going back to my first 24 hours in Hanoi, um, it was, it was a matter of just immersing myself in it and becoming part of the groove um, in order to sort of feel how the place is working and, and start to get into the into the uh, the running of it. Um, the other thing is, is I, I'd probably say don't try and shoot everything. Um, keep some things for yourself. Um, yeah, put the camera down. You, you've got to be able to experience it in order to tell the story. So having the camera in front of your face or held up in front of you the whole time you're going to be capturing a lot of material, but unless you've actually got the experiences, it's going to be really difficult to put a coherent story together. Um, You won't know how to tell it because you'll have spent so much time fiddling with ISOs and apertures. Uh, I, you know, I've made these mistakes myself. So this is, this is what I would say is just make sure you take some time to experience it for yourself. And, um, and then once you're, once you once you've got that then start capturing it and documenting it the way you want to i think that's great advice and i and i often say put the camera down don't spend your whole trip with your eye to the viewfinder but you really drove it home that you know with video especially to be able to tell that story properly you you want to have that experience and not the one through the viewfinder all the time you want to have that yeah. personal experience, and I think that makes a lot of sense with regards to to telling the story after the fact. Once you want to put all those clips together, you need that personal experience. Yeah, and I think um, the other thing I would say is is don't don't try and be too perfect with things. Um, there's a lot of polished videography, and and there's really high quality creators, and that's all got a great place but it doesn't need to be that the the story is the most important thing and so capturing all sorts of interesting moments um, can really help add to the flavor of that story and so it doesn't have to be perfectly framed it doesn't have to be perfectly steady 
Um, sometimes that helps, but sometimes the motion, the you know, it's the moment that's most important. And so grabbing it is more important than sometimes if it's exposed correctly. I don't get too bogged down with that. Um, sometimes, obviously, I do, but if it's a travel piece, just got to grab it while it's there because it might not be there in five seconds' time. Great advice. Well, this is great, Pete. Uh, you know, thanks for being on the show. And where can people find out more about you online? So I have a fairly limited website, um, which is mrrag.com, uh, which is M-I-S-T-E-R-R-A-G-G. Um, I also have, as I mentioned earlier, um, my wife and I have a, a website for our wedding film company, which is Ragtime Pictures. Um, R-A-G-G-T-I-M-E pictures.com. Um, you can also find me at, at Mr. Rag, uh, sorry, at Mr. Rag on Instagram. Yeah, you're very, uh, very prolific on Instagram, doing, uh, putting up a lot of great photos there. And we'll have links to your websites and your social media handles and everything in the show notes, along with uh, your clips and some of your sample photography so uh, we look forward to that. Um, well, thank you. can't thank you enough for being on the show, Pete. Thanks thank you very out. much. It's, uh, it's a privilege. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. And remember that you can follow me on all the social media platforms, both at Photo Enrichment and at Ralph Velasco. And be sure to visit our website at photoenrichment.com to see about our upcoming tours and other announcements. Uh, my Copper Canyon trip is about to sell out. I've got uh, just three spots left. So if you have an interest in that, please visit the site. Our India, Cambodia, and Vietnam trips that are coming up also have some spaces available. So feel free to email me with any questions or to receive additional information. Uh, if you join my mailing list at photoenrichment.com, you'll see a pop-up there, but you'll get a free e-version of my 150-plus page 101 photography tips ebook so that's a nice little bonus uh, finally if you're interested in organizing and leading your own tours please visit tourorganizertraining.com and you can register for our next free webinar uh, dates and other information will be at that link to find out about ugo and to follow him on all the social media networks simply google him at or go to ucphoto.me Finally, please be sure to put in a review of the show and uh, my app, My Shot List for Travel, if you happen to check it out, on iTunes. This, of course, helps us to be found by others. And remember, if you keep at it, you can't get worse at photography. Now, let's get out and shoot. <laughs>